We'll see what, what my boss thinks about me uh, leaving early every Thursday. <laughs> Luckily, my boss is not named Sean. Maybe he'll cocoon you. <laughs> That's right, yeah. That could be a problem. <laughs> if the picture of you on Skype next week looks like a leaf, I'll know what happened. <laughs> <laughs> yep. I'm very, very quiet for a host. Good joke, boss! <laughs> <laughs> yeah, right. <laughs> <laughs> Welcome back to Team Cockroach, a podcast about The Good Place, a weekly comedy on NBC by Mike Sherm. This week, we'll be doing our first flashcast of a season premiere. Woo! So this is... <laughs> I was kind of thinking you would all join in on that, but okay. Um, I did. <laughs> so this is season three, episodes one and two, both entitled, as far as I can tell, everything is Bonzer. So let me introduce my usual and lovely co-conspirators, Sarah Gardner. Hello. Hi. Javier Matusevich, hi there. I'm just a hot rando who walked from the street, Andrew. Yes, yes, of course you are. And Rachel Adaman, greetings. Hi, everyone. And I'm Andrew Pontius. Oh, I almost forgot we have a fifth co-conspirator this week. Uh, here he is now. Tre- oh, oh, I'm sorry. Is that a spoiler? Let me add that this is a total spoiler zone. We are going to be talking is about tra- anything. Trash truck? <laughs> yes, yes, right. <laughs> we'll be talking about anything from seasons one and two and these new episodes from season three without compunction. So if you don't want to be spoiled, please stop listening now. Alrighty, so Sarah's going to be doing the recap this week. So Sarah, take it away. Okay, well, uh, when we last left our heroes, they were infinity snapped back to Earth due to Michael's half-baked scheme for redemption. In this timeline, he charms a grumpy doorman, played by Michael Malley, oh my god, to insert himself into their dying moments and rescue them. Not content, however, when the gang reverts back to their old patterns, he decides to return to Earth, despite Janet's warnings and a lack of real permission. He brings Eleanor and Chidi together over the course of some very heartening flashbacks and terrible disguises, but is again foiled. As Eleanor gets closer to Chidi and helps him get closer to a lovely neuroscientist named Simone, it becomes apparent all four cockroaches need to team up in order to succeed. Michael returns yet again to find Dance Army Team Captain Jason and reluctant New Age profiteer Tahani and bring them to Australia for one grand experiment. It's all about to begin as one more guinea pig slips through the door with the help of one last bad place hacker. Trevor returns. Ba-bum. Trevor. (laughs) And okay, NBC spoiled that. That's not fair. Oh, they did? Really? Yeah. Did they? So the commercial break right before the last few minutes has Adam Scott returning to Good Place next week. And oh, it's like, mm-hmm. oh, come on. We know who he is. I heard they fixed that for the West Coast. Well, they didn't fix it for the Meat Coast. <laughs> <laughs> I, think, I think I actually got spoiled by looking at the, uh, at the Wikipedia page. And the Wikipedia page had him listed as a, as a guest star. So. Hmm. Uh, but then I promptly forgot it again. And so the, the, the bit where it feels like it's going to be Sean because Sean had been featured in the rest of the episode as the, as the bad person. And, and, uh, Michael makes such a big deal out of, Oh, something evil. Right. And you think, Oh, it's, so it's going to be Sean because Sean's been shown to be really evil by cocooning up everyone else that he works with. Mm-hmm. But nope, it's Trevor. So yeah, I, I liked it. I liked that, uh, <laughs> that reveal. And boo NBC. <laughs> yeah. that to me. <laughs> I guess it's a good thing Adam Scott's sitcom last year got canceled because he was free to come back. (laughs) (laughs) Right. Okay. So, yeah. So let's dive into these two episodes. And the episode title is Everything is Bonzer. And I actually originally thought that that was going to be 
one of the Kim Kardashian made up words, but it's not <laughs> right. Do, do people know where that's from? Do people? I mean, I looked it up. Looked it up I right. thought maybe it was something that meant bonkers before I looked it up, but it does not. <laughs> is it Australian slang? I'm not sure where it comes from. It is Australian slang. Yes. Yeah, so, so the title for this week's two episodes is basically Australian for everything is great. And so that's hmm. basically a repeat of the of the title for the season two original episode, starting episode. Uh, but now, you know, so now it's kind of saying, hey, this is the reboot in Australia. Yeah. <laughs> so and I don't think anyone actually says Bonzer in the episode. Um, so. No. I don't think that so. I caught. No. Yeah, yeah. Not even Michael. Right. I was thinking if anyone was going to say it, it was going to be Michael with his terrible, terrible Australian accent. So <laughs> His but. incredible accent. <laughs> Nailed it. <laughs> okay. So where do we want to start with, uh, with these two episodes? It starts with, it starts with Michael. So why don't we talk about Michael for a bit? What, what do people think of Michael in, in these two episodes? How he how he was portrayed, what he's doing, all that. After seeing season one's Michael where, and season, well, and the beginning of season two, Michael, where he is really not a good guy. And now we see the, the end of season two, Michael, that loves humans and wants to be with, with them. It was a refreshing thing to see, to see this Michael that's excited about taking a bath and excited about a keychain. And a Pizza Hut and a Taco Bell. <laughs> a Pizza Hut and a Taco Bell. He was so excited to get a gumball, even though he didn't chew it. <laughs> he didn't even think to chew it. <laughs> He's so joyful, and it's so nice to see him so happy. Like, that's one thing that we saw in first season, Michael, that carried through to second, that really is Michael's personality, is his obsession with th all things human and trying to understand hmm. them because he doesn't oh my gosh did you guys catch the ponytail he had when he saved tahani yep yep it's yeah. ridiculous <laughs> if he's gonna love anything he's gonna love that ponytail <laughs> i missed that Ooh. oh it's so bad <laughs> yeah just just a few seconds right of, of him again yeah Ugh. he gets to play dress up in these two episodes, right? Like he's he yeah. basically had suits and, and they were very nice suits when he was in the good place. Like he, he dressed really nicely, but now he gets to mm -hmm. play all these different kinds of characters. He gets to be a bicyclist, right? With the, with the, the big orange helmet on his head. And he gets to be, what else does he get to be? What well, gets to be an academic right out? Yeah. Zach Pizzazz. Zach Pizzazz. <laughs> yes. The, the, the Gordon Gecko character who's like some sort of mystic. <laughs> That was great. Just search erectile dysfunction crystals on the internet. <laughs> You're right. right yeah. Yep, yep. <laughs> yeah, so he was, one thing I noticed, that very first scene where he comes in, and he's, we, we're not quite sure where he is, what's going on, sort of this big white light behind him in this doorway, and then the scene mm -hmm. where it's all black. And it's, I first thought it, he was standing on the, the train trestle of that train that goes from the good place to the bad place, because that's what kind of it looked like. But I guess it's just a walkway. But he's, hmm. that first couple minutes, they kind of take, you know, they don't have that much time in these episodes. They've got about 20 minutes per episode. But they do take a couple of seconds for him to kind of marvel at this new location that we haven't seen before either. And we see that he hasn't seen before. And he's just got this sense of yeah. wonder about him that I think is a good introduction to the character. Because it says that, yeah, he's he's kind of a kind of childlike in, in, certain, in certain ways. And I like that. He's very curious. But then he kind of goes back to his, his, his old ways. I thought it was interesting that one of the through lines for his character, and we've talked about a couple of them now, is 
really just love getting away with something, pulling something over on people. And in you know, the first season, he's pulling it over on the humans. In the second season, he's kind of pulling it over on the, on the demons. And in this season, he's pulling something over on the eternal judge. And Janet yeah. tells him multiple times, hey, this is probably not a good idea. But he's just really into it. He, he really loves being able to get away with stuff, really able to, to get mm-hmm. what he wants. And, you know, he's doing it for the forces of good this time around. But it's still that same idea that, like, you know, he's, he just loves doing it. The forces of plot development. <laughs> well, but and you get the sense, that, and the show pretty much tells you that yeah, something something bad's going to happen for this. Like this is going to lead to a fall. This is hubris. This is him overreaching, and something bad's going to happen. But we don't quite know what yet. Yeah. So I noticed, like right off the bat, we're presented with two mysteries at the beginning of this season that I'm guessing will carry through at least a few episodes, and one is that Michael says there might be ripple effects in changing time. Uh, So we could be getting something really weird later. And the other one is the key. We don't know what the key is for. Mm -hmm. Yep. So we we shall see. Isn't the key for the door? That's what I assumed. You never know, though. He said, uh, do not duplicate. Yes, but Michael said, oh, I'll take this and open the door. And he said, no, I'll take it. And he unlocked the door with the key. Oh, does he? Okay. When Michael went through, yeah, the first time. Yeah, if I it's made did, so. of, like, the initial particles of the universe <laughs> or what have you, then maybe it can do more than one thing. We don't know. <laughs> yeah, there's definitely that sense that Michael's going to steal that key at some point. Yeah. yeah. Mm. I, I did love how the frog came back later in the episode, though. Yes. That was that was so cute. <laughs> his, his reaction to the frog. Yep. You could just tell that one's a jumper. <laughs> yeah, right. Right. The, the doorman becomes so animated about that. Oh. Yeah. And then oh, Michael's doorman. like, "Wow, that went over well." <laughs> if they do catch Michael, and if they do sort of, you know, put him on trial for his crimes, this is bribery, right? So. Well, uh, mm-hmm. I, I, I bet that's going to come back to us somehow. But yeah, the, the doorman was a lot of fun. Uh, and as you said, Michael Malley, played by Michael Malley. And I guess he's done a bunch of things. He had his own show at one point. But I think probably the, the, the linchpin here is that he was on Parks and Rec at one point as a guest star. So, so that's probably oh, how Mike Sure knows see, him. I only know him from being a teenager in the 80s. So there's not much wow. that okay. I remember him from. Mm-hmm. Uh, recently, although I knew yeah. he was really funny, he's yeah. I've I've known him as one of the dads on the first couple seasons of Glee. He mm-hmm. was the dad of yeah. one of the characters. Oh yeah. yeah, he was Kurt's dad. <laughs> okay, yeah he he was one of those kind of Colin Quinn type comedians who was kind of grouchy. So yeah. Mm-hmm. yeah, now he has a frog, so I guess everything's okay. <laughs> when he gets a uh, he gets uh, and. Michael also bribes him with some some antimatter, which was a nice callback to the I guess season one, right? The the episode that we we just recapped where they talked about antimatter as if it were coffee. And hmm. so yeah, what is it? He gets antimatter and he says, "Oh no, I only like decaf, but I'll take it anyway because my shift only ends at nine million. It's <laughs> a, a fun line. And then Michael brings him back a one of those containers that keeps your coffee warm from Earth. Now, I was kind of thinking like, okay, this is made of regular earth atoms. How is this going to hold antimatter? But Yeah, well. Yeah. Uh. He, he brought him a paper cup of antimatter when he oh, yeah. brought it to him. So <laughs> right. I guess antimatter yeah. can go in whatever. Yeah. Yeah. 
It's the frog that makes it good. Come on. Yeah, no, that's true. That's true. <laughs> he just likes frogs. Aww. <laughs> so was anyone else... I mean, I, I thought this episode was really good, but as far as Janet's place in it, it seems like all she's really left there to do is be the voice of reason to try and curb Michael from doing anything too crazy. Mm-hmm. And then... Which uh, she kind of fails make, at, right? Yeah. Like, Make a reference to Mark Harmon, who is handsome, and then uh, call call them mommy and dad, which she just lets go of right away. So it's like she's trying to find her place in it, but mostly there's not a lot of Janet in this episode. No. Right, because she hasn't been to Earth yet. That's an interesting question. What's going to happen with Janet, right? Because she... She fitted naturally in the season one, season two, because they had that Janet role of the assistant. But now that she's not in that universe, it's a good question. What's what's going to happen with to her? I'm kind of hoping she becomes the voice of Siri on someone's phone. (laughs) (laughs) Well, they can all have cell phones again, so sure. Yeah. (laughs) Tahani was definitely using hers. (laughs) To text with the Dalai Lama. (laughs) Oh, my God. Yes. (laughs) Right. Um, so we'll get to, we'll get to the, the human characters in, in a sec. Um, I do think that the show makes it pretty clear in these two episodes. Well, I also think this, this whole, these two episodes, remember how the, the second season episodes, kind of episodes one to three were kind of the unit, and then they kind of started a different arc after that. I really feel like this is, this is part of an, uh, of an incomplete arc, incomplete uh, uh, stage, or what do you call it, an uh, uh, act of the show we haven't really seen where they're going with a lot of these threads yet. It, it really feels like a cut off in the middle. And one part of it that I think the show is pretty clear about is things are going to go off the rail, off the rails, right? Things, things are going to go badly. Things are going to spiral out of control. It just seems like that's where they're heading for the, Ooh, with lots of these, these you know, with, with Trevor showing up and, and the Jen kind of hovering over them, something is going to go wrong. And that's where I think Janet's going to come more into play. Like if things went right and everything went, the way it's supposed to go, she wouldn't have a role down on earth. But I suspect in all the chaos that's going to come, there will find some excuse for getting her down to earth to interact with the characters there. And I don't, well, I'm hoping for it, really. Hmm. And the other thing about Janet is that it, it feels like she's, she's acting the way she did at the end of season two, where she feels kind of more human. She feels like she's got more nuance in her expressions and the way she talks and, and, and how she describes things, how she, how she talks to people. And I, I do think that's a, a, a good through line for, for her character that she's not just sort of this vacant smile anymore, the way she was and especially season one, she's, she's evolved. And I also think that that will come in handy. Like, and her, her love for Jason is no longer this sort of robotic thing. It's, it's kind of nuanced, right? Like she's worried about him and yes. she's, she's, you know, the looks on her face when, when he talks about her, when she asks, Michael Butter. That really felt very new. It felt like a real human character in a way that I'm not sure we've seen before from her. And I did like that. I, I thought, you know, she yeah. didn't have a lot of moments in this episode, but the one she had, she did she did nicely. In. I liked that too. I liked her facial expressions. And and I liked that even though she was a bit milder, we start to see that she's also a lot deeper than she used to be. Yep. Yeah. Okay. So that's kind of Michael and Janet. So why don't we go down to Earth and <laughs> see things? So it was interesting how the the scenes with Eleanor from the last episode of season two, they really, now when we see more of, of how all that went, they really felt like a sort of a coming attractions, uh, a preview reel 
of this episode because they didn't mm. even have the full story of Eleanor. There were other pieces of that story that we didn't see the first time around that are kind of filled in now. I know that was a very interesting way of doing it that we didn't even see. No, I don't think there was. The bar situation, for example. We saw that okay. at the end of last season. I don't, I don't think that we saw any more of Eleanor's year. I don't think we saw Michael on a bike at any point before oh, that's this true. time. No. But I, I, you know, I found that both confusing and really smart of them to kind of interject <laughs> these scenes from the previous season with ones that we hadn't seen before. Because I kept thinking, like, wait, did I see that? Is this new? What is this? Right. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yep. You know, I think I was getting confused because because we saw Cheedy, right? We saw Cheedy in doing his his presentation that Eleanor sees, mm-hmm. and we see mm-hmm. him when he's greeting Eleanor at the end of uh, in, in his office after she's shown up. But yeah, but there are a lot of other uh, cheaty scenes now that get filled in to explain yeah. why he's like mm-hmm. that, why he, why he made that presentation uh, where he sounds so yeah. together. And then, uh, you know, his greeting Eleanor at the end. So, yeah. 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 yeah, we did the flashbacks for everybody else. Right. We got Eleanor's year at the end of season two. And then everybody else, we filled in what happened to them in this past year. And it's all the same pattern, right? All of them, all four of them decide to change their lives. In in whatever way they decide to, you know, even Jason is like, I'm going to change my life. And I'm like, wow, Jason, that's crazy. <laughs> and then they all relapse and then they all get helped again by uh, by Michael, Michael to come back. His nudging. Right. Nudgy, nudge, nudge. Ironically, we see that the only character that seems actually close to getting better on his own is Jason. Because when Michael approached him... And tells him, hey, I have a dance crew. He's trying right. to appeal to his basic instincts. And we see a Jason that's actually thinking about his life and saying, am I doing the right thing? Why, why do I not have meaning in my life? Which is completely different to the place where Michael introduces himself in, in Tahani's life, in, in Eleanor's life, and in Chidi's life. It seems like if you were to let Jason alone for a while he might actually get there on his own. Well, this was one, one moment with, uh, with Chidi that I was maybe a little disappointed in the first time around when I was watching it was that when Chidi comes out and just says yes to Eleanor, that yes, I'll help you, we see that this is directly because of Michael's sort of meddling in his life in a way that he didn't have to do when they were in the good place. In the good place, and this is one of the lines that has always really stuck with me about season two, that Michael says, you know, hey, Chidi always helped you. You know, every iteration, every variation that you can think of, Chidi always helped you. And presumably in that case, Michael wasn't trying to intervene to make them better. So Chidi did that without anyone telling him to do that. But this time around, he needed he needed help to do it. Yeah, I I thought that too. And actually, I was happier when I thought that Chidi was making a firm decision because that's what he was doing at that moment. And she came in and he says yes. Yeah. And it's mm-hmm. like the first time that he's not waffling. And then we find out that, no, he kind of had some help. Hmm. I think he kind of had to help have some help in this situation because it's a completely different situation. When they were in the good place, they'd been introduced to each other, and they were forced to be around each other, so Chidi was willing to help her. But to have him be teaching and some random person come in off the street, it's pretty crazy to expect him to want to help her without any kind of thought behind it. Uh, True. 
Yeah. You, you know, they're not, it's not somebody he's met before. It's like she said, she's some hot rando from <laughs> the street. So it's, yeah, I feel like he had to, there had to be some reason for him to help her. And let me just say that I would believe that if we are watching Earth Eleanor, that she'd be swearing a lot. <laughs> as much as she swears in the good place and they, you know, fudge it, that if she were on Earth, she, she'd be swearing all the time. We have yet to hear her swear. Well, she hasn't been put through much in the way of, of challenges yet, right? Like she hasn't, she isn't in a place where she has to worry about too much. You know, in Australia, she's kind of, well, I don't know what she's doing for money, but she, you know, she's going there and she's just trying to help herself and no one's kind of, I wonder if we'll get more swearing with Trevor, right? If Trevor starts to <laughs> have an effect on them. I, hmm. I am just, so you're all aware, I'm keeping a tally of, of Eleanor swears this season. Okay. <laughs> sort of like a... a, a yeah, like the tally in the good place of, of how many points you have. <laughs> well, one thing I noticed is, so uh, Michael has to come down to Earth and he has no special powers. The dormant emphasizes that. And he has to save all four of them. And they are all in different places, right? So there's in Arizona and Florida and Cleveland. We know we know it's Cleveland. And then I'm not quite sure where, where Chidi is. Is he still in Senegal or is he in Australia? I think he was in Australia when um, he was teaching. Okay, so is his... His friend was had come to Australia for his wedding, and guess yeah, I'm I'm not sure either Australia or Senegal, right? In Australia. In, in either case, like not the U.S. And Michael had to go, you know, by bus, by by regular mass transit to get everywhere. So that <laughs> makes me think that the, all these deaths were not simultaneous, right? Because that's had to the get part around. that throws me off because I <laughs> thought they said in season one, uh, or maybe it was in an interview, somebody had said that the reason that they all wound up there together was that they died at the same time right so i'm kind of confused by that now. however you can just explain it by saying well but if you think about it those deaths should have already happened so he's actually altering the past so if he has the ability to travel to the past then it doesn't really matter right so he could have come in four Maybe. times individually yeah i we're probably overthinking this but um and the other side of it is that they said that that was why they were all four of them together, but why they were actually four together was because Michael had decided they were all ready to torture each other. So yeah, it's, it still might've been so, not yeah. quite at the same time. So yeah, there's a little out of order, but I, I do, I, I do want to talk about Jason because Jason was kind of the most interesting of these characters and, and, and Javier, you might've hit on some, some of the reason why, but his, his clothes were amazing. Like seeing him dressed, like he was dressed in real life, like his hair, like it's, I think it like kind of greasy, and just kind of all in his face and everything. And then, he, yeah, he was just, it was so funny to see him. I loved when he proposed to Kay and then yeah. thought her name was Kay because it yeah. said Kay on her badge. And she seemed just delighted by it too. Like, there's this moron. I kind of like this guy. Oh, poor Jason. You can have half the stuff I stole. <laughs> yeah, that's right, right, right. Yeah, yeah. Well, she, I'm sure she was just, just like being with someone so stupid that she didn't have to work very hard to get a confession. Some of them, <laughs> but then, and then that goes. The, the the stories kind of weave in and out, right? Because there's that moment of, of regression for each of them, and then we go back and get their stories, or their stories come come by separately. So yeah, like we get that moment of of Jason saying, you know, uh, proposing to the cop, and then we have to go back and see his whole story with that proposal in context. A little mm -hmm. later on, and it's funny both both times. But yeah, <laughs> it seems like um, uh, Manny Asinto. I mean, he could actually dance, right? Like they show some scenes of him, or at least one scene of him, kind of doing some 
some dance moves with his his crew mm. on stage, and I was like, yeah, yeah, when he pretty good jumped out of the safe on the stage, <laughs> it's reenactment of his near death experience, uh, yeah. <laughs> and then they, oh, the crew, the crew is just so funny, little peanut. <laughs> yeah, he loses half his crew when he says we're not going to do crime anymore, and we're going to actually have to work. So. At least half of his crew says no, no thanks to that. And then when they like 35 people <laughs> and, and then when they try to win all these competitions um, and the whole crew is like basically mirroring Jason's face with like, oh, are we going to win? Are we going to win? No. And then that happens three times. And then the last time he's, you know, said everyone disqualified due to violence. And <laughs> you can see some of them, like one of one of the dance crew members has like, you know, the little bits of cloth up their nose to, to show that their, their nose got, got broken or hurt or something. The answer to we were disqualified to violence is, okay, now you can do crime. <laughs> right, right. Run out of money. Learned the wrong lesson. <laughs> hmm. yeah. yeah, out of out of everybody on Earth, I would say the least interesting was probably Tahani. And that's because most of hers was a montage and it didn't really yeah. feel earned. Like, I don't know, we didn't really go along with her improving herself. We see it sort of happen, but she looks more yeah. like someone who's just closing her eyes. <laughs> I generally don't find her the most interesting character anyway, but I kind of felt like they didn't do very much with her outside of, okay, well, she wanted to be good, and then she wasn't, and then she was, and, you know, okay, we're just going through the motions now. Except that she was a tomboy because she held a basketball. She held a basketball. <laughs> yeah, no, I noticed that. Well, I think that they meant that reveal that she was, her monologue was actually here talking about her book. They meant that to be kind of a big, not really a big twist, but, you know, a funny twist. I think that was what that was what they were aiming for, what they were building up to with her story. And yeah, it didn't, it was fun, but it wasn't necessary. I didn't even laugh at it, right? I kind of smiled a little bit, but I didn't really laugh too much about that. Yeah. The bits that were funny were, were her afterwards where she, uh, what was it? Uh, we, they want you, they want you on Oprah and no, not on the show, but they want you to be <laughs> Oprah. It was kind of interesting. And it seemed like she was getting more out of this iteration of her life in terms of fame and success on her own, not being reflected off of her sister than previously so in some ways i was actually yeah. kind of happy for her like okay she's still this narcissistic you know hot trash but she's 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 at least out from under the shadow of her sister yeah i think the irony is that because she's trying to as she says get out of the spotlight and in a way get out of the shadow of her sister that's what brings her the success and fame which right. is also what again puts her in the spotlight so i thought it was funny i i, I thought it was in line to what we could expect of Tahani. Yeah. Also, I like the 582 questions. <laughs> I felt like Tahani's getting was the only one where her getting better or good felt fake, even in the monastery. Like it didn't really feel like she was trying to actually get better. Yeah. She, it felt like she still had an exterior or yeah, exterior motive for it. Yeah, Whereas I everybody agree. Everybody else it felt kind of natural that they were trying and were actually trying to get better. I felt kind of bad for Cheaty. Yeah, good old Cheaty, having to try and read chocolate book to <laughs> to make his life better. Well, and, you know, his, I felt bad for his friend. The poor guy that plays Henry always winds up dead or oh. in the hospital. I, <laughs> I wondered if those boots were going to make an appearance. Because <laughs> we had to have the surgery the first time we saw him, yep. and then he got oh. run over by the trolley. And <laughs> now, he, uh, now he became leg press wizard. Yep. Oh, that was good. Oh. <laughs> oh, no. Well, I, the Chidi stuff was really interesting because Chidi became that kind of disciple 
figure, right? Where he says, oh, I've just learned this new thing and I'm going to proselytize it to everybody and I'm going to make everyone think it's just all you have to do is this one simple thing. And actually, ooh, in some ways, his new philosophy was as simplistic and fake as Tahani's, right? Because, okay, sure, you can you can become more decisive. You can seize initiative in your own life. But saying that that's going to be the answer to everybody's problems, well, the show pretty much disproves that right away, right? That you, you, Maybe you shouldn't just run into things without thinking about them. And and so, yeah, I really thought that was interesting that they kind of showed Chidi getting better, but then showed immediately that maybe he's taking it a bit too far, too fast, and it's not going to work as well as he likes, like right away. I, I really like that, you know, they only gave him like a couple minutes. They only gave anybody here a couple minutes for their story, but they kind of ran him through that whole cycle of overreach and then reaction in the same way that, that Eleanor does that too. Eleanor's was being good. And she thought, well, if I just be good, everything will come to me. And it doesn't. And it, so it felt like, you know, Chidi's version of that. Yeah, I agree. I think if it had drawn out any longer, it wouldn't have been nearly as impactful. Like the fact that it fails almost right away with someone that he actually does like their company, that makes a difference. Right, and then he falls back on he can't decide anything at all. So, like, he's back to not being able to decide in which muffin to eat. Yeah. Can't Good. decide which chair to sit in, you know. So he <laughs> has problems. <laughs> well, actually, and that draws us to um, the new character in the show, which is uh, Simone Garnet, I believe her name is. And we actually see her name on uh, one of those little boards in the university. So we get her full name. And Simone is played by, I believe it's uh, Kirby Howell Batiste, right? So an actor who I've never seen before. Um, and she's great, right? She She's a lot of fun. I love her right away. I yeah. want her to be my new best friend. Uh, <laughs> I even wrote that on my notes. <laughs> but, like, her attitude and her humor and her ability to just throw Chidi all the way off. And... <laughs> When she gets excited about how weird he is, like, that made my day. You're, You're so, so weird. weird. <laughs> and she's just so thrilled that he's so weird. Yeah, I really liked her right away. Yeah. I wonder if at any point they'll have to say goodbye to her and if that'll be sad. I hope not. Yeah. But mm. they do such a good job with, like, these sort of minor characters. Even, like, Glenn, you know, laughing at... at or asking uh, the boss, or you know what I mean, like confronting Sean. Yeah. Like the fact that that's Glenn right, and we right, know right. who Glenn is, it just adds to things. And then you get Henry back, and Henry's funny again. And so, like, they don't have to do that, but they do. <laughs> yeah, well, and she gets, there's like at least three points in, in these two episodes where she gets cheaty by like saying something outrageous and then, you know, no, I'm just getting. And she said, oh, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to open up your brain and, and jab you with needles. And he's like, oh, my God, really? He's like, no, it's an MRI. And then the other one, the other one that I, I could think of is in the, in the, when he is in the MRI for, the, I guess, the, the second time. And the, Eleanor bullies him into asking uh, Simone out. And she says, oh, my God, that's so inappropriate. And he's like, oh, really? And he's like, no, no, of course. So <laughs> that was neat. <laughs> and the show even comes. Eleanor. Com- yeah, go ahead. I'm just going to say, Eleanor is a, is a pretty nice wingman. Yes. Yeah. Yep. 
Even Janet's rooting for Simone and Chidi. <laughs> Simulations <laughs> on, on what the children will be like, right? And uh, yes. yeah, hot enough to go on The Bachelor, but smart enough to never go on The Bachelor. <laughs> right. Right. And they even say at one point, you know, and it sort of feels like they're kind of saying that to the audience too. So the audience won't be worried, you know, hey, no, everything will still be all right, even if Eleanor and Chidi don't get together romantically which I think is good. Mm -hmm. It's a good uh, way to go. Whether she will actually stick around too much in, in the later episodes. Yeah. Yeah. We don't know. I suspect she might not. Right. Um, yeah. But I do like that they're together and I do like that they're, uh, that they get along now, but Eleanor is, Chidi actually says to her, you know, I'm, I'm kind of glad you bullied me into asking her out. And that to me <laughs> sounds like, you know, Eleanor is not so good yet. Right. She's, she's trying, but she's not so good. And we also see that when she, tells the poor guy in the office at one point, like, Hey, you're ruining the mood by telling us your grandma died. Right. Like, okay. Okay. okay Eleanor. Yeah. Not so good yet. Um, yeah, she is bullying Chidi, but she's doing it to help him. Like she's not yeah. doing it in any, with any negative or like trying to make his life worse. She's bullying him to make his life better and help <laughs> him do something that he can't. Well, I'm pretty sure Chidi's uh, uh, philosophy books would have something to say about that, right? Like doing the wrong thing to make the right thing happen. Is is that good? It depends on which philosophy you follow, I guess. <laughs> yeah, well, always. If Michael says that sometimes when you're feeling helpless, the trick is to help someone else, then maybe that's Eleanor's mm, that's version true. of that. That's true. That's a good point. Good point. But I was pretty happy when they first when Chidi introduced the two of them. I was thinking, oh, my God, this is going to be another love triangle. Because the show has thrown so many love triangles at us so far over the last two seasons. But they just go straight past it. Nope, not going to do that this time around. So I appreciated that. Meanwhile, Sean is busy trying to railroad everyone and cocooning all these people. <laughs> partially because it's fun. Right. Well, I was wondering if that was, if Sean, if they did that for them, they had Sean do those, those parts of, of what he did for this episode. Just to show us how bad he is. Because to a certain degree, this is, you know, this is a season premiere they probably want to be able to introduce the show to people who haven't watched it before. So they kind of have to have these little vignettes to show us what all these people are like. And so Sean, we need to find out that he's bad. Michael, we need to find out that he's kind of good in a certain way that his personality works. And then everyone on earth, we need to show the humans how they act. And, and I think the show did a, did a pretty good job of that. I think anyone who's not following pretty closely is, is going to get confused if they've never seen the show before. But I think the show probably did about as as good a job as it could have to introduce people to to newcomers to the show. I felt like if they had that scene with Glenn asking, why do we care so much about these four people? Yeah. And then mm -hmm. just gets immediately potted up that like, that's really all that scene had to do is just shut down the logical part of your brain that says like, yeah, why are they doing this? Whoop. <laughs> <laughs> And and that they played Richard Marks because my mom had that cassette and it is bad. <laughs> that was such a great yeah that was, yeah. We weren't Rick Road right? That's a different song. No no yeah that's Rick Astley. No. Okay yeah <laughs> okay okay good. You're good. You know you know your pop culture references from twenty odd years ago. <laughs> not, not well enough apparently. I thought it was Chris Cross. So I, no I didn't I didn't have that right. But but yeah I know the song obviously. Oh uh, no jump jump. <laughs> <laughs> so what else haven't we covered about? these two episodes i think we pretty much got it right There's not yeah. too much more to these episodes than, than what we've talked about a lot of introductions basically right. right and a lot of a lot of going through well and and this one reason when i first went through this episode i think i didn't necessarily like it as much as some of the rest of you did 
because it was yet another run through of, hey, here are these characters again. Hey, here's what their lives are, are like. Here's what they were before they got better. And I just kind of felt like, ah, are we doing this again? And and I think the fact that it went as quickly as it did really helped. So I'm, I'm more mm. interested in what happens next than in what just Yeah, happened. of course. Yeah. So after seeing this episode, how long do we think they're going to be on Earth? Right. right now, mm-hmm. uh-huh. I give it two more? Yeah. 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 I think that sounds about right. Two or three more. Two or three more, but I yeah. think they're definitely going to be on Earth longer than we, we were thinking before the season. Because th- they got them together in a somewhat believable way. I mean, yeah, what do we all think about <laughs> yeah, that? Yeah, well, yeah, not really. Not believable really in the sense. <laughs> well, they sure, turned it. yeah. <laughs> yeah like, what is Eleanor doing for money? And yeah. Jason, I mean, I guess Zach Pizzazz said he'd pay for Jason to go to Australia, but... Eleanor just, yeah. I guess, maybe found a bag of money somewhere. <laughs> yeah, she's probably scamming someone. But Stole okay. a couple of wallets. J- she doesn't yeah. have to be good right now. J- Jason was the only one that Michael was kind of able to be himself with because yep. Jason wouldn't qu- doesn't question it. As usual, as <laughs> usual, Michael gets to confess and and uh, yeah, yeah, no, I, that, uh, that that final scene with yeah, that, the scene with him and Jason, where yeah, he's kind of saying, you know, hey, I've had to find a new dance group. It really felt like a nice. A mirror to the episode in season two where Michael and Jason are talking and Jason telling him that stupid story. Mm-hmm. And, and and Michael's like, oh, I, I don't really want to listen to you, but I guess I'm going to because you're talking. And just, yeah, it just felt like this was the opposite because now Michael is specifically trying to help Jason and, and, and working with mm-hmm. him to, to keep him, keep him going. Well, and it's the only one that it's the only one that Michael is straight with because with everyone else, he's trying to give them a nudge, a literal nudge, like, oh, you know, there's this thing here you should do. But with Jason, he actually like talks it through and says, okay, maybe you need help. You should go to this place. So I, I think <laughs> we, we, all, we again say, see Jason's inability to, to do something unless it's very clearly delineated. It kind of sounded like Michael was inviting Jason to a cult, but (laughs) Jason was just going to go anyway. (laughs) I know these people. They're very nice. They'll help you. Do you want to come with? Sure. (laughs) Short, short sentences, very simple words. But I did actually think Jason, uh, uh, Jason's character does speak more like a normal person in this episode, at least a couple of points, right? Especially when he's saying, well, I, I have to change my life. I was like, wow, he's he's speaking kind of profoundly and kind of in complete sentences and without any gibberish. I was like, wow, is this really Jason that we're talking to? But, you know, then he goes straight past the, what the flyer, which says, improve your life to the one that says dance party. So <laughs> that was, that was fun too. We're at, so this, so yeah, a couple more episodes maybe on earth. Um, and then somehow something has to happen to kick them off into another place. And yeah, we're going to get Simone for another couple episodes, but yeah, it really did feel it, it's, you know, it's on earth. And I think I said at the end of, um, at least one other episode that, you know, earth gives them a lot more opportunities to, to go anywhere and, and do anything. But this really still felt like very much like it was sort of a good place like environment, right? It was still relatively bordered right like they were kind of in the same sets most of the time I think there was that one outdoor scene but it's still yeah and it still felt a little unreal as we said you know how, what they're doing for money it, it it still felt like the good place right and both in good and bad ways i think uh 
Um, oh, and the show actually gives us a couple of uh, a couple of pointers. Um, well, when they do say, "Oh, yeah, I'm going to Earth," and it might uh, split off a new timeline or anything like that, um, I think that does kind of shut down the speculation we had about it being a simulation. They're like, "No, this is really yeah. this is really uh, Earth." So that was that was kind of mm-hmm. nice, right? The show was uh, anticipated our, our doubts and our, our our concerns. The other thing was about the language. Right. So there's that one little bit where Chidi, uh, a coworker comes in and starts talking with him in French. Yeah. And so he starts talking in French and he's like, oh, yeah, OK. I, yes, I know French. French is my native language, but I also know English. He's like, OK, yeah. Yeah. OK. You explained and, that. <laughs> and they explained the American accent, too, by him saying he went to American schools, yeah. being that he teaches in Australia. You think maybe he'd speak English with an Australian accent, but. Right. Or an English accent. Sure. That yeah, makes yeah. sense. Yeah. Mm hmm. He also speaks German and Latin. Right, so they made a whole joke. The writers are, 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 really, are really covering themselves. Yep. Just in case they, have, they got another thing to explain later. <laughs> That's right. <laughs> okay, so, well, yeah, so let's talk a little bit more. So we, um, we kind of talked about what we think is going to happen in the next episodes. Again, I do think sort of some, something's going to go bad, something's going to go wrong. I also think um, that the fact that the bad place is kind of cheating now might be a way to eventually, like when we, it all eventually comes out and Jen has to find out that Michael cheated, maybe the fact that the bad place also cheated will help get him out of it, right? We'll say, oh, yeah, since both sides cheated, we're just going to do a do-over, maybe. I don't mm. know. I think that might help. Yeah. Um, but I also wonder if they can do a do-over. Like if they say, oh, well, Michael cheated, and so it's tainted, and maybe we'll try one more time. I don't know. Probably not, but it's one possibility. I think at that point, Jen would just, what was she going to do? Send them all into their very own medium places and separate them was what she wanted to do before they decided to do the reset. Yeah. And that's no fun. So we probably won't see that. No, it would not be a very enjoyable show if they were all alone in medium (laughs) places like Mindy. It will be a fun episode, but no more. (laughs) Yeah. But yeah, it kind of have to end there. Right. Well, I wonder if we'll see Mindy again in this season, if they will find some reason to, to have her back. Mm-hmm. I think the fact that they introduce Trevor into the Earth is what's going to allow the story to progress without a do-over. They're probably just going to yep. try to defeat Trevor and they're going to keep one-upping themselves and probably Jen won't be the wiser until the end, that is. Yeah, I do wonder, um, they haven't gotten to the point where everyone's trying to be better yet. Um, everyone's learning from, from Chidi. Um, I suspect we'll get there somehow. Because right now it's only Eleanor, but I, I suspect the rest of them will join in on that at some point. But we haven't seen exactly how yet. And, you know, Trevor Trevor being part of philosophical lessons, I think that would be a fun thing to see. I think the premise of the show is that all of them together will eventually make them better because they complement each other's faults. So I don't know if there's going to be explicit philosophy lessons outside of Eleanor itself. Maybe. Okay, so I think we're we're down to the joke machine part of the episode. Um, so what jokes have we not mentioned yet? There were a bunch, uh, a bunch of this episode. Yep. Um, the coffee stand that Chidi got his muffins from was called uh, Crumb from a Land Down Under. <laughs> well, I was just going to say that. <laughs> Jason thinking claustrophobia is being afraid of Santa Claus, which, oh, the Jewish people are afraid of Santa Claus. Oh, Jason. Are you from Florida? Yeah, yeah, yeah. 
Makes a lot of sense. Oh, um, I enjoyed when Tahani was deleting the famous people's phone numbers from her phone. She was deleting the edge. You can still see that she had Taika Waititi, Taylor Swift, and the Queen still listed in her phone. That's excellent. Yeah. She had to get rid of the edge's real number. The one that Bono doesn't know about. (laughs) Personally, I enjoyed that Eleanor says GIF because I also say GIF. Oh, yeah. No. Yes. Yes. <laughs> yeah, yeah. That's why I'm going yeah. to the bad place, Happy. Yeah, yeah, it could be. Oh, you are. Goodwill is Prince William yeah. because he married a commoner and knows <laughs> who yes. to give things to. Then Eleanor says uh, she's from Arizona. Our biggest exports are racist sheriffs and HPV. Right? <laughs> that might be the most political thing that they've, they've mentioned in the show. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Oh, and then when she says... When Chidi says, oh, you came all this way just to see me? And Anna says, don't flatter yourself, pal. And then she stops herself. With the, <laughs> Sorry, that was a knee-jerk reaction. Yes, that's exactly what I did. That was a, that was a fun oh, scene. Uh, um, Eleanor passed the Kardashian slang <laughs> vocabulary test with words like zonkatronic. <laughs> <laughs> I liked uh, when Michael attempted a really lame joke at the doorman, and he's like, well, I haven't heard a joke in, in 8,000 years or whatever. Still haven't. <laughs> <laughs> Yep. I like that Tahani is flying Comfort Plus because she's one of the people. Right. Yeah. And she says that like it's a huge sacrifice to go to Comfort Plus. Yeah. And then Eleanor wants to, I mean, Eleanor actually is very uh, generous. She wants to reward Chidi for helping her. And she says, oh, I'm going to get you something edible. Edible. <laughs> like, Please don't drive, buy me drugs. Like, okay, all right. Okay. <laughs> There was one point where Eleanor is like, oh, I bet you're, it sounds like you're scared. And Chidi says, well, that's not impressive to guess that I'm scared. I'm scared of everything. Like, yep. <laughs> Rings true. Not a joke, but even just a flashback of seeing Ted dancing behind the bar still makes me feel pretty good. <laughs> yeah. Jason is throwing the rocks to the water and oh, yeah. Michael comes up and he says, sorry, are these your rocks? Are these rocks, yes. <laughs> Where are they? <laughs> It's very polite of him to ask whether they were his rock. <laughs> and also Jason ending his story of the year talking about, I met this guy named Zach Pizzazz. <laughs> I started to like, tell him how I almost died. He's like, that's me. <laughs> he almost got in a loop. Well, yeah. And he starts the story by saying, my year started about a year ago, which I thought was also funny. <laughs> yeah. nope, you nailed oh, it, and, yeah, um, Jason. Pillboy getting his uh, oh. laxatives from the oh, people, or his God. Vicodin from the people at yeah. the nursing home, and sometimes they're laxatives. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Well, it's nice to see that Pillboy has a steady job, though. You know, where another. Yeah. Oh, and oh my God, Jason's saying we're gonna we're gonna do this twenty four seven, and that means think twenty <laughs> thoughts about dance for seven minutes. Oh my God, and oh yeah. Uh. <laughs> He calls the dance crew offer in Atlantis instead of Australia. Australia, right? <laughs> oh, yeah. And then uh, what was it? The Simone is, is talking about um, Chidi and the MRI and says there was a flurry of activity. When I asked you to choose between red and blue and you almost passed out. <laughs> and he's you know, like, can I still change my vote? And she's like, nope. <laughs> I, think we, yeah, I think we got most of it. Oh, and then when Chidi is at the muffin stand, and, you know, the guy says, well, what do you want? You know, what, what do you want to get? What do you, what do you want to buy? And he says, I want to start crying. Yeah. That, that <laughs> that's me out. most days. That, that's definitely, <laughs> that's me at a muffin stand. 
right. we we mentioned chocolate book, but um, <laughs> that that does not actually exist. No, oh, you looked it up. Oh boy, okay. <laughs> I I <laughs> actually I just assumed it was real. <laughs> yeah, right. Because I was like, I know cho- the chocolate song or chocolate rain song, but <laughs> did not know whether chocolate book was real. Right. <laughs> it is now in our hearts. It is now. Well, just like that show that Tahani was watching, right? The, um, was it Duoris and something? I'm, I'm, I'm not remembering the name of it anymore. Mm. That just sounded so real, but it, it wasn't actually. Yeah. And one thing, we, we talked about the key, that, that the, the eternal key of some sort, but it was sort of funny that he says, you know, this it, it's so important that you're not, you know, you're not supposed to duplicate. And then he shows the little thing on the key, which is the <laughs> thing that you see on every key, which says, do not duplicate. It's funny that they made that. Yeah. <laughs> Ah, uh, when Chidi is almost crushed by the air conditioning and oh. he, his takeaway is, I shouldn't use air conditioning, it's bad for the yeah, environment. Yeah, yeah. Right. Chidi's always concerned about uh, the environment. Uh, they've, <laughs> Which, they've got yeah. Chidi down. Like the writers, they know how to write Chidi. Well, that's pretty much the way he, he misunderstood the, what was it, the almond almond butter or almond something? Milk. Almond, almond milk. Almond milk, yeah. Yeah. Yeah, it's really nice callback. It caught your it caught your tongue with that nice foam, but I knew it was bad for the environment. <laughs> okay, so I think that's that's all I've got. So next yeah. week is just Trevor pretending not to be evil. Maybe, yes. Yeah, we'll see. <laughs> I real, I'm really curious how they're going to play it out. I mean, you know, they're only going to have like 20 minutes for the for any one episode, so I don't believe they're going to be real subtle about it or or you know build it up too much. But yeah, how he's going to sort of try to nudge people. To, I guess, be bad or to not help each other. It'll be interesting to see how it works. Yeah. So anything else before we go? This was one of the long episodes that actually felt short, which is really good. (laughs) Yeah. All right. Well, let me thank my co-conspirators here, Javier Michusvich. Thank you. Thank you, Andrew. And Sarah Gardner, thanks for being here. Good afternoon and not good night. See how well-rested we all sound? (laughs) Yes, indeed. (laughs) And Rachel Adelman, thanks for being here as well. Thank you. Bye, everyone. And we'll see you next week.